Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Fast. And uh, when we left, right, uh, unless God tells you to, to go on with it and, and uh, continue fasting, Lord, please don't tell me that. Uh, I've mentioned this. This is this is uh, apropos of nothing, by the way. But we were talking about it today. Uh, Riley had asked me for some uh, quality protein stuff that he could eat, and uh, so I dug this beautiful ribeye roast out of the fridge, out of the freezer last week, and it's sitting there slowly thawing in my refrigerator. And I'm looking at it today, and I'm reminded that traditionally it was considered wrong to fast on Sundays. If you were doing a 40-day fast or something, you didn't include Sundays because it was wrong to afflict the soul on the Lord's Day. That Sundays, the day that we celebrate the resurrection, is all about celebration. So you've got my permission as pastor to take Sundays off. I am almost certainly going to have a bite of that steak today. So anyway, uh, there is a message that has been percolating for, I don't know, two, three weeks at least, number of weeks, and I had it more or less prepared Friday. Uh, I was as, certainly as ready, uh, as, as uh, more ready than, than I typically am on Friday. I knew where I was going uh, and had much of it written, but it, it's a difficult message to bring, addressing some hard things, answering some hard questions, and at least from my perspective, uh, they're difficult. I'm not saying that, that everybody struggles with them in the same manner that I, that, that I struggle with them. Uh, it's just, it was, and I'll explain that here just in a minute. God willing, I will preach that message next week. And I'm telling you that now because I want you to be here for it. Don't be afraid. It's, uh, when I say it's difficult, it's hard. It's like, oh, I'm not going to be there when he preaches that. He's going to call out my sin and stuff like that. No, 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 nothing about that. It's just, I mean it's difficult. Uh, there are a number of threads that I need to pull together, and it's difficult for me to address them comprehensively and from a scriptural standpoint. I'm talking about things like the election, COVID, prophecy, prayer, the last days, the church at large, uh, life, the universe, and everything, and uh, Living Word Family Church in particular. I really do believe you are going to be encouraged, but I believe you're going to be challenged as well. I certainly am already, which is why I'm doing something different today. There's a little-known story in the Bible. It's one of those more obscure stories about a guy named David going to face a giant named Goliath. Anybody remember this, this guy? And I want you to remember that it wasn't like David was just out there in the field with the army, just some schmuck of a soldier who just accidentally somehow finds himself facing off against this giant, literal giant of a man of war. Imagine if he were. He finds himself on the battlefield facing this giant. It's like, oh, God, help me. Give me strength. Give me courage. Get me out of this. Take him out of my way. He didn't find himself in a position where he needed a spectacular emergency revelation of who God was. Did he? He didn't need a spectacular emergency revelation of his position as a covenant man, his authority, his authority. 
as a man in covenant with God. He already knew when he went to visit his brothers on that battlefield and heard the giant bragging, he on purpose put himself in a position to take the giant on because he knew who his God was and he knew who he was in his relationship, in his covenant with God. He had practiced knowing that with his experience with what? With a lion and a bear that he took on and killed while he was keeping his father's sheep. This wasn't his first rodeo. He had cultivated this confidence and this boldness. He had spent time already meditating on the goodness of God, on the bigness of God. So when the problem presented itself, in this case in the form of a giant, he was already prepared. So when I get to next week's message, if I were to preach that today, uh, included in that is laying out a string of difficulties that we face as a church as, and as individual believers and as families. And then coming back around and saying, okay, it looks bad. This is a battle, but... Let's remind ourselves and let's get ourselves in confidence. Let's get ourselves in faith. Faith. Let's get ourselves in a position of peace as we go to face these problems. Try, let's try hard to remember that God is in control. What I want to do instead is spend some time worshiping God. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do here in a second. I want to remember that he is all-powerful and that he cares for us. He cares for us as a church. He cares for all believers in the family of God, and he cares for each and every one of you individually. He is intimately acquainted with everything about you, all of your issues, all of your strengths, all of your weaknesses, all of your needs, and all of your abundances. Listen, I don't need a manifestation of, the, of any gift of the Spirit to be an operation for me to know that people are experiencing unrest, fear, frustration. Any given Sunday, there will, there will be people in here experiencing some level of those things. But again, just through conversation, just through reading, just the pulse of, of the nation, not just the church, we see that those things are at an elevated level kind of across the board right now. But I do believe, I sincerely am convinced that God has spoken to me that we are to address it in this way today. And I want you to think about two Bible stories. I'm just going to reference one and I'm going to read the other. When Jehoshaphat led the army of Judah uh, out to face a numerically superior foe, what did God tell him to do? Stand back and let me do the fighting. Put the praise and worship team out front. You worry about that. And, and that's backwards. He could have said, here is exactly how it's going to happen. Here's where you position yourself. Uh, and he could have even told him, I'm, 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 
which he, he said, I'm going to fight for you. But he could have told them exactly how it was going to happen. He was going to confuse them and have them attack themselves. He says, and then when it's all done, when you see that I do what I say I'm going to do, then we will praise and worship. No, he says, you celebrate first. Put the praise and the worship out front and sing about my goodness. Sing about my mercy. And, uh, and as you celebrate, you'll see the victory. Get in that place of peace and authority first. Okay? Now, the other one is this, in, uh, and you can turn to it if you want. I'm just going to read a few verses out of Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. And this is when, uh, this is, of course, uh, Jesus and the disciples. It says in verse 35, on the same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now notice that before Jesus calmed the storm, he didn't spend any time drawing attention to the severity of the storm. He didn't say, all right, this is a good opportunity to show you guys something. You see, not only is it stormy out there, not only is the sea rough and tempest-tossed, but there's already water in the boat. You're right. Good thing you woke me up because you were perishing. But watch this. Peace be still. Huh? Huh? What do you think, guys? No. He just got up, immediately addressed the storm, and then what he had to say to the disciples was, why were you afraid? Now, there's two ways. In Luke, actually, it says, he says, where is your faith? Suggesting the possibility that they could have exercised faith in speaking to the storm or praying in faith. Either way, fear was the wrong reaction. And I think we can at least all agree that they had Jesus in the boat. Jesus said, look, I already told you we are going to the other side. Now, I'm not saying the storm didn't exist. I'm not saying the waves didn't exist. But you should have known. And if you, if you had to wake me up, you don't start with a confession like that. We are perishing. Jesus, we know you can do anything. Jesus, how are we going to get to the other side with a storm like this? I guess it's easy for me to say. I'm not in the middle of that boat as it's being tossed and everything. And it might seem just a little harsh, but Jesus is not unfair. Jesus, Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about when he rebuked the disciples. Why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? This is Jesus. This is the Son of God we're talking about. In our lives, this is God the Son in our lives, the Holy Spirit in us. And our time spent with Jesus should produce serenity, fearlessness, and faith. And this, I think, was, was his direct accusation or his direct rebuke to his disciples. 
Every Israelite should have had some measure of faith, but these are ones who had spent time with him, had seen what he had done. You've spent time with me, you know me, so how is it that you still have no faith? If you come in a conversation with me and everything that's coming out of your mouth is fear and worry, I'm wondering, are you spending time with the same Jesus I'm spending time with? Again, faith isn't, there is no such thing as problems. Faith doesn't say there is no mountain, but faith speaks to the mountain. And the mountain is cast into the sea. Time spent with Jesus produces serenity, peace, calm, fearlessness, and faith. So we are going to spend some time worshiping God. And I want to stress that what, where I see this service going, and it's, I'm about done. I'm about done talking here. And uh, as we spend this time focusing on the bigness of God, the truth of Jesus and what his relationship with us means. I want this to carry us into the next week of the fast. And this is what I want us, what I'm asking you uh, as a church to truly dig into and meditate on this week is, I'm not saying you can't watch the news. I'm not saying you can't address other matters. I'm saying in your time uh, of prayer, in your time of devotion, Spend time meditating, talking about, reading about the goodness of God and his promises to care for us. He's promised to never leave us or forsake us, to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory, to heal all of our diseases, to protect us. He really does love us. And let's concentrate on that bigness because that is what when we, when we finally get into this message next week. Let me, let me back up and talk about this fast just a little bit more. We're about there. Dig into this last week of the fast. If you feel like you need to change things up, change them up. Maybe consider uh, for the last two, three days of the fast, one or two days of the fast, doing a total fast as we come into the home stretch. But during this time, train yourself to look at God in every situation. Because if we do that consistently, habitually, we are going to be and look like a much different people than the world around us. We're, we've got a mission, we've got a commission. And we are not going to accomplish that mission with the rightness of our arguments or positions. What's going to change the world is our love for Jesus, our love for one another, those two things primarily, but also love for our neighbor and love for our enemies with a small e. Remember that even as we desire and experience seeing God more clearly, seeing his bigness, his capability, growing in faith, growing in peace, that doesn't mean we're going to see the future clearly. I can't tell you what next week holds in the news, in the world. I don't know. 
I don't have to know that, though. I don't need to know exactly how God is going to get me through tomorrow or today or next week. I just know that he is. I can be okay with that. You can be okay with that. We can be okay with that. Now, you can remain seated for right now. Cheryl uh, reached out to me a week or two ago saying that she had, uh, that the Lord had given her a song. Wanted to know uh, if I wanted her to share that. And I said, you know, that will fit better. Uh, with what I'm preaching next week. And now I realize, you know, I, I had this message and really I, I told Cheryl uh, last night, I just, it was a little late. It was kind of unfair through a curveball because I had this message and I'm going over it and I just kept hearing God say, wait a week, wait a week, wait a week. Uh, I don't want to thank the guys at Men's Prayer. I skipped yesterday morning, stayed home and got some stuff, uh, catch up on some stuff. And, but I specifically, I sent a request, I told Merle, hope you guys uh, covered that. Uh, that I was, this was a difficult uh, message for a number of reasons and to pray that I would hear from God to pray uh, during my final prep time. And I believe that as a result of them praying for me in agreement that I did hear, uh, not to preach it today. And I believe I'm going to preach it next week. Maybe the way this week goes, God's just going to say, you know what, you don't need to preach it at all. Uh, I got to be, it's, it's an important message. I want you to hear for it. But got to be, it really does have to be Jesus speaking through me for it to come out right. So anyway, I uh, told Cheryl uh, originally that that song would go better with this message, and then I realized last night this song would really go better today instead of that message, because what's the idea? Going back to what I said about David, it's not about, all right, here's all our problems. Now, let's go to God to get equipped to handle those problems. No, let's get equipped with all the peace, all the strength, all the faith that we need because that gives us an entirely different perspective when we see the problem clearly. It's not, boo, there's a giant, but I know God's made promises. Let's find out where they're at. Okay, boy, that's a big giant. Oh, God, 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 help me see who is bigger. Help me. No, I walk in knowing that God is huge and I see this giant right off the bat. I see that giant compared to God. God doesn't need to be magnified for me. He's already magnified when I come into that problem, and that giant isn't so big. I think there's a time, and I think we must face certain problems head on, even current events, but we've got to be in the right frame of mind, the right spiritual condition to properly address them, and I think it would be getting the cart before the horse if we focused on the problem first. So we're focusing on God today. We're going to leave here with our on our way a week from now, we're going to come in here with big faith, open eyes, right, and peace. We're going to come in here with joy. But I want you to hear this uh, from God, and then we're going to uh, just, if we can just flow from that into something we can sing as a congregation, I'm going to come up here with a couple more comments, and, and we'll go out with one more song.
be still and know that I am God. What a wonderful, wonderful message from the Lord that song is for us. Receive my rest. Just receive it. It's a gift from God. For the believer, it really should be easy to receive his rest in every situation. I believe there is a time to fight. I'm talking faith battles. Faith doesn't always look like just sitting there quietly with a smile. Sometimes faith means speaking. It means engaging with a with a circumstance, with sin. I believe that faith, that Christianity, I think C.S. Lewis said this, it is a fighting, he said fighting religion. I'll say it's a fighting faith. But there's a time when God just speaks to you, just receive my rest. Sit back, it's been spoken, it's done. Positionally you have it. Now just thank me for it and rest. This is a good day to do that. still and know that I am God and here's the thing for the believer now this is tough it's not tough for for every believer but this is a faith church we believe God has given us some specific promises right now just a quick show of hands how many of you have ever stood on a promise of God and seen it come to pass that you have said thank you lord you've spoken it and you've seen that manifested even miraculously in your life okay thank you how many of you honestly as a show of hands have ever stood on a promise spoken to a situation and not seen it come to pass that's almost all the same people you want me to tell you why that happened or why it didn't happen I don't know. Tell you what, I've said that before. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite things to confess, straight from the Word of God. I see it now as through a glass darkly. It's not my job to explain why it doesn't work every time. And sometimes I feel inadequate when I say something like that. Let me share something with you. This was this was liberating for me. We went to a. Uh, and I may have shared this before, but I'm not sure. Went to a Rama. Uh, our MAI retreat a couple years ago, and Keith Moore was the speaker. Keith Moore's one of the finest, if not the finest, pure faith teacher, I believe, in the, in the body of Christ. And, and I had him as an instructor at Rama, where, you know, he wore a different hat back then, and he was one of those, well, he just didn't mess. He wasn't one of those guys that just went up and, hey, Keith, how's it going? <laughs> he, just, you know, he was one of these, a little scarier. He could be a stern, and he spoke for, from, uh, as a teacher, he could be very, very, uh, authoritarian even. Uh, I believe he, he was walking exactly as he should walk, but now he walks in a, in a pastoral role. But here's the guy that, that many, many, especially in Rama circles, boy, Keith could come in and say anything he wants, and we're just, we're going to receive it. And I was overwhelmed almost with his humility. He shared some deep, powerful truths, and then he came to this point, he says, but you know, I had people come up to me and say, well, Brother Keith, I prayed that prayer. I spoke those words over my aunt, over my wife, over my child, and it didn't happen. We lost them. They didn't get their healing. We didn't receive this miracle. And, uh, and I thought, and he could have said, well, let me tell you if, you, if you spoke it and you were in faith, you would have got it. So you must not have, must not have been in faith. He didn't go that. He didn't go there at all. He just said, well, 
Let me tell you why that happens. I don't know. It's not my job. And I'm like, this is, you stole that from me, Keith Moore. No, I know he didn't steal that from me. But it's like, wow, you know, and he just said the same thing. He goes, there's some things that we see now is through a glass darkly. And there's some people who do a better job of explaining why those things happen. He goes, that's not me. I'll just stay in my lane. I'll just keep preaching faith, keep believing the word of God. Same as you. Those of you who raised your hand where you can't explain, look, I expected a miracle and didn't get it. You still believe in God, right? You still believe his word, right? Let's keep on going. We keep going in that direction because we know uh, it, it comes back to another statement that I got from Rob Yandian. I don't know where he got it. You don't throw away a uh, hundred things you know because of one thing you don't know. You still know who God is and what he's promised, right? So we're going to keep on trucking. Uh, anyway, I got completely off track. When the things, when everything doesn't go right, it can be a little daunting, a little discouraging. It can certainly be a little painful. But the secret that we always have, almost said in our back pocket, but really it's front and center, is we can't lose because if everything goes wrong, we wind up in heaven. I heard a comedian say one time, I think the easiest job in the world has to be coroner. It's surgery on dead people. If everything goes wrong, maybe you get a pulse. <laughs> a little dark, sorry. If everything goes wrong, if we miss it, we don't get our prayers answered exactly the way we think we're going to. We didn't get that miracle we need. To, oh, well, we die and we go to heaven. Pretty good way to end up. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good recipe for fearlessness. When you know that even if you die, you can't die. Right? But if you don't have that assurance, nothing, there's nothing I have to offer you that's going to help. quoting other ministers today, heard Robbie King say this years ago, had, uh, when he was a youth pastor, he had a parent come up to him and say, my, my child is struggling with this, I need you to give him some encouragement, I need you to speak, uh, I, even if you have to prophesy over them, I know they can, they can be doing better, they can be walking closer with God, uh, they just, uh, they're not uh, just complaining that their child wasn't, and they weren't, he said this, this kid wasn't spiritual, they weren't they weren't interested in the things of God, but this parent wanted the youth pastor to fix it. If you would just be a little more supernatural in your preaching, if you would just be a little more, give them some practical pointers on life. And he just said, look, the only thing I have to offer your child is the risen Christ, the crucified and risen Christ. There is no prophecy. There is no self-help. There is no formula that I can give them that's going to help anything in their life if they refuse that. Now, there are some wonderful, practical, and useful, and glorious promises that we as believers can put into operation in our lives with faith. But if that faith isn't rooted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, it'll get you nowhere. It'll mean nothing. Stand up with me for a minute. Because I want to make sure, if, as we head into this last week, uh, all the fearful things that are facing us as a planet, as a people, and as a church have to be faced by a believing church. And a believing church is made up of believing individuals. Believing in what? In the death, resurrection, Jesus Christ. 
Romans chapter 10 says this, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It doesn't say if you go to church every week. It doesn't say if you com uh, complete your confirmation process or anything like that. Uh, it means if you personally have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, and if you believe that God has indeed raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's more to this life than just salvation, but all the more it has to come after salvation. You can't get the blessings and the protection and everything, not from God, without first committing your life to him. Is there anybody who needs to make that decision today? How do I know if I need to make it? If, do you remember making that decision before? Have you been born again, as Jesus said we must be, to see the kingdom of God? Have you said to God, I am a sinner, just like every other person that was ever born, and I need to be right with you, and I desire to be right with you, and I know that the only way I can be right with you is through the shed blood and the given life of Jesus Christ. And I believe that with his resurrection, he demonstrated that he is exactly who he said he is, and I can trust him for that same resurrection, that same eternal life. Anybody today, right now, want to open your heart to that relationship with God the Father through the finished work of Jesus Christ the Son? Scott, I want to be a Christian starting today. Anybody? All right, praise the Lord. I know that means most of you are indeed saved. If you were this close and couldn't bring yourself to raise your hand because, I don't know, you were afraid Usher was going to tackle you or something, uh, please don't leave this building without talking to me because it's a simple prayer and a simple decision that I want you to make. Um, what we are going to do is sing one more song, and it's a song that I requested. It's, it's certainly a top ten of mine, probably a top five, maybe my all-time favorite praise and worship song. It's, at least it's not a Christmas song. Uh, I want to sing it together, and I want you to sing it from your heart. But before we do, I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead us in a prayer as a church, uh, not just a simple closing prayer. I'll also pray over the offering. Let me cover this right now, too, if you need an envelope. I know most of you take care of this on your way in these days, or you've already prepared to take care of it on your way out. But if you need an envelope because you're giving cash, raise your hand, and I will get you one of those. If you want to sit down real quick and, and write your check out, you can do that, too. Make it out to LWFC or Living Word Family Church. Uh, but could I just mention that we'll pray over that too and then once I once I'm done praying we will just go straight into this song and then uh, you'll be dismissed but let this be your prayer you don't need to pray it after me but certainly amen but pray this from your heart as we uh, as we prepare to worship him together one last time today and as we pray as we prepare for this last week of uh, 2021's churchwide fast heavenly father thank you so much for your goodness i first of all want to thank you for jesus for the salvation that you have made available available to us thank you that it's free to us but God, remind us that it's only free to us because it cost you so much. You didn't erase our debt, Lord. You paid our debt and help us to always be mindful of that. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us like that. 
It's my prayer as pastor of Living Word Family Church that every member of Living Word Family Church would begin to more and more love you like that. For we are willing and so in love with you that we are ready to give everything. Father, as we enter into this last week of the fast, I am praying from the bottom of my heart that you would open our eyes to just how big you are, how powerful you are, how strong you are. That you would open our eyes and remind our brains that you already know everything. Let us rest, let us be secure in the knowledge, the deep experiential knowledge that you really do know the end from the beginning and that nothing takes you by surprise. That we need not fear because you have us in your hand. You have promised to take us to the other side. Father, we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that are in operation. And we will gladly receive any guidance, Lord, through words of knowledge, through prophecy, through words of wisdom, through tongues and interpretation, just as we welcome all of the other gifts. Meanwhile, Father, help us every single day to end every single day in peace, knowing that you have tomorrow in your hand. Help us to begin each day knowing that you have a plan for us and that we can hear from you. Father, we expect to hear from you. We are your sheep. We know your voice. Help us to be quick to do what we hear. And I don't mean this to sound generic, Lord. I mean it very specifically. Draw us closer to you. Not just this week, but certainly this week as we press in and we focus and dedicate ourselves to seeing you more clearly. Prepare our hearts for the message that's coming from this pulpit next week, whatever it is. Prepare us as a church for this year to get on with the business of the kingdom. Father, I pray if there's anybody in this room who does not know you as Lord, that you would convince them of exactly who you are. I know that only you, only the Holy Spirit can reveal you to a human heart, that you use, you use people to preach the gospel, Lord. But you are the one that has to open the eyes of the sinner. You are the only one who can convict of sin and the need for salvation. And I believe I'm speaking, this is the heartfelt prayer of every believer in this room, that every unbeliever in this room would know who you are and the decision that needs to be made. We know that you, it's not your will that any should perish, that you have a desire that all would come into that saving relationship and knowledge. It's our desire too, Lord God. We simply agree with your will and declare that truth will be known and acted upon in this church. Thank you, as always, for the opportunity to give into the work of your kingdom. As we trust you with our lives, we certainly trust you with our money. We certainly trust you with our finances. 
and it's our pleasure to return a portion of that back to you as you've commanded with the tithe and the offering. So we give it joyfully as we give it obediently. We also give it expectantly, Lord, because you're the one who pointed us to the truth that if we will do that, you will bless us. That as we give, it will be given back to us. Not what we've given, but that measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. You'll see to it that it's given back to us. Why, Father? For the purpose of continuing to give into the work of your kingdom more and more generously. Thank you for your manifested goodness in that regard, Lord. You have, you have taken such good care of us. And we know you're going to take care of us tomorrow, next week, next year. You'll take care of us until you come back to take us. Thank you for the security we derive from that knowledge. Now, Father, as we move into this time of corporate praise and worship, we rejoice in the knowledge that you inhabit the praises of your people. We're praying for a special manifestation of your presence as we commit ourselves to you in trust and faith this morning. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.